spelling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from my office because I had to get out of Woodstock for a little bit. <laughs> it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the natural products industry. Episode 89, listener questions. My producer and co-host is Dana. Hello, Dana. Hello, Neil. We're both on Zoom because, like I said, I needed to get out of the office. You remember when Tara was on and she was talking about the yayas? Yes. <laughs> I had some yayas today. I couldn't go to the gym. I was having a little arrhythmia this morning because I've been oh, no. oozing a little bit harder than normal because, uh, you know, uh, COVID's getting out of control here. So I uh, got out of my arrhythmia and went home and just ran on the treadmill just to get the yayas out. So I also would like to say, uh, you know, just to harken back to old podcasts, Taro is one, but then Dr. Tuman's another, and he said, get new sneakers all the time. And I rarely do that. Um, I got new sneakers and it made all the difference in the world. I ran a mile more than I normally run, which is a total of one mile, which is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I rarely get new sneakers, but I always get new insoles every year. So I figure that counts. Yeah, for something at least, right? Exactly. Um, So we are... Just going to say, visit woodstockvitamins.com, uh, write us up a re- review on Apple Podcasts, please and thank you. Let's get into it just because I am at home and I think the pizza's here, so I want to make sure that I get my uh, my dinner tonight. So um, the COVID-19 news that I want to talk about is that uh, I'm sure Dana saw this and some people that follow me on social media may have seen this, but I gave a red alert this week. Um, yes. I've been talking to friends, so uh, pediatricians, and two infectious disease doctor. Uh, some nurses at our local hospital, uh, a friend who's an ID specialist, uh, pharmacist, and all are saying the same things. Um, So this goes for my area of New York, the Mid-Hudson Valley, the capital region. Uh, This is it, right? So we're at a crucial point here that if we don't batten down the hatches now, a fire is going to blaze, right? And it's not because of some like, uh, you know, birth announcement thing. This is because we're we're not doing what we're supposed to do with COVID, right? Yeah. Um, we're at that point. Like if, if we keep on this path two weeks from now, it's going to be a hot mess. Two weeks from now is going to be way too late for us to adjust anything. So this is really the point. So we've screwed around for long enough. Here we are at this crucial moment and it's time to, uh, you know, make better decisions. So one of the things that I didn't say on that, I think I might've said it in like a comment, but I wanted to just kind of like reiterate to folks is like, 100% love, right, for local practitioners and healthcare professionals. But you don't want to get sick with COVID in these smaller local hospitals like the ones that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a bad idea because the limited resources. I mean, just having, I think our ICU is like 14, 15 beds, you know, it's not, yeah. not a big place, you know. Um, so, you know, we have about 35 active cases, which seems like a small amount. Uh, but the big thing is like testing is uh, getting limited because we are running out of tests, which is insane at this point in the game, right? So soon we're not going to know who has it and who doesn't. The positives are going to go through the roof, lockdowns, all of that stuff. So everybody that's listening already kind of gets all of that. So I just said, you know, what do we do? So what can I do to change? I'm already doing all the right things. Well, technically we could be better. And this was my threefold recommendations. First, 100% mask use right? None of this, I'm going to take it off when I sit at my desk because nobody's really around or none of this, like 
like we used to do in our store. As soon as the customers would leave, we'd take our masks off because we, we were just around each other, right? So yeah. 100% of the time. So I, I'm even seeing folks that are walking um, that heeded my advice, walking in our local neighborhood, and they're outside and they all have masks on. So that was really good to see. So that's what we want. 100% mask use whenever you're around other people. The next thing that I've been telling people is tighten up your pod, right? So yeah. if, if our social circles during COVID were sex partners, we'd all be trollops. <laughs> 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 Things have gotten way too loosey-goosey, right? Especially when it comes to our social circles. The kids, they're back in school, right? And we're still hanging out with all of our friends, even though our kids are now mixing with other families in the community, right? And yeah. I hear from people, oh, I'm only hanging with these same five families that I did before. But yeah, three of those families are hanging out with five other families. And now we're doing it inside, right? So second piece of advice is bring it down to the vital people. So for me, that's just my in-laws. You know, that's just mm-hmm. my uh, wife's sister and my wife's parents. Like, that's it. That's our crucial people that we'll hang out with. The only people that I hang with. And even like my sister-in-law, they have their family like cousins and stuff, everybody's behaving themselves, but they would all get together for football on Sunday. There's a family tradition forever. Right. And I texted her. I'm like, you got to stop. It's got to, it's got to end because we don't know what's going on. People are at work, all of that stuff. So, um, so the second point was tighten up your pod. And the third one is Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is next week. This is the podcast. We're going to say how thankful we are for each other, (laughs) (laughs) whatever else. Um, But heed the warnings in New York here, governor Cuomo got lots of hate because he was like it's now like illegal or whatever to have more than 10 people in a house (laughs) (laughs) and everybody's like you know real macho response came out of the woodworks everybody's like you know i dare him to come to my house and tell me that there can't be 10 people and you know all of that kind of stuff happened but listen folks it's an arbitrary number dude he was just making stuff up well Technically, he wasn't. There is models that show like how many people you can have in a an environment where you'll have a likely spread or whatever. So ten was on the lower end of things. But really, it's just like a number saying you got to be more responsible. We can't have these big old parties like we used. To. You got to clamp things down, right? And no matter what, though, forty percent of folks are saying that they're just going to proceed as usual, which is really comforting, right, Dana? What the frig, right? Oh, sure is. <laughs> so. Uh, here's why I say that's a bad idea and why you need to really heed these warnings. Canada's Thanksgiving, which if you don't know, is heavy on like meat covered French fries with salt and vinegar, I think, right? Um, their, their Thanksgiving radically changed the trajectory for them. So they were already kind of climbing pretty tall, but it's two weeks after their Thanksgiving, it ba- basically looked like El Capitan, right? It was just like a big straight up and down. Uh, that's it. Right. So, uh, huge change in cases for them, huge change in infectivity right after that. And they had one thirtieth of the number of cases that we have, right? So one of the things that I would just want to address around this Thanksgiving narrative that's going around is this idea that I want to see my loved ones because they might may not be here, right? And like, I'm not going to not see my family, that whole narrative. Yeah. It's, it's dinner. <laughs> it's dinner. <laughs> like, you're going to overeat. You can do that any other day. And you can, you and all of the people that would normally go to your party can get together with just you guys, right? Wear masks, do what you're supposed to do. But everybody in one house pretending like this isn't going on, that's a bad idea, right? So see your family, do it in a safe manner, overeat if you must, just keep the numbers at one party down, right? And one of the things I want to stress here is another family member 
brought this up to me just a, a few moments ago. It's like, there's a lot of folks that don't get to see their families, right? And I'm talking mm -hmm. about my cousin. She's an outlaw like me. So it's my wife's cousin's wife. Okay. So we're outlaws in the family, not in-laws, but outlaws. So her sister's in New York City. She's a nurse at one of the hospitals and she, they're seeing the ballooning cases. They're expecting it to get worse again. It's the same old story, right? And yeah. she can't see her gosh darn family because she's exposed to this stuff all the time. So because cases are going nuts, she can't, she can barely see the people that she lives with. One of my local nurse friends has to come home, like take all of her stuff off in the garage and then like alcohol down, take a shower and sleep in separate rooms from the rest of the family. Right. And so it's totally unfair of us to act like this. We're kind of acting a little childish. Like, Oh, I don't get to see my family. Well, what about the people that have to, that have no choice. Right. Right. Those folks need a break. They need to see family. They need to decompress and they can't. Right. So again, red alert folks, especially in our region, because we've been, we've dodged the bullet so far. hundred percent mask use, tighten up your pod and really heed those Thanksgiving warnings. Yeah, I would say like this year, because 2020 has been so crazy in every aspect, just completely break with tradition. Have yeah. a Thanksgiving brunch so that if the sun is shining, you guys can gather outside. You don't have to worry about being indoors, you know, because it's cold out. Try something like that. Or mm -hmm. yeah, just accept that it's just dinner and it's not worth the risk. And, you know, if your older relative's might not be there next Thanksgiving. Well, you know, you're raising the odds of that if you guys eat <laughs> right. indoors, you know? Right. So there's a good chance that they might not be there, but it's almost definite if somebody goes and gives them COVID, right? So exactly. let's be, let's be a little bit more responsible. So another COVID piece, I just want to talk about more, you know, cultural, social media stuff circulating. The vaccine is looking pretty badass. Okay. Yeah. Um, very excited about it. Uh, but remember, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Most people that are uh, wanting to get it first are not eligible because they're not going to be the healthcare professionals and they're not going to be high risk. You know, we're going to give it to older folks first, then uh, younger folks. So I'm talking like 80 and then like 65, it's going to be government, you know, uh, distribution for a bit. We're going to get our hands on it, of course, but you know, you're not going to get it. So just wait till March, April, May is probably when it'll start to touch like the local communities. Okay. Yeah. Not to mention these vaccines have to go all over the world. So just sit right. tight. <laughs> we need, we need like 2 billion doses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I've, I want to also say that I've resigned to the fact that people aren't going to get it for whatever reason. And I'll say that those reasons are normally not based on rational thoughts. So like facts and statistics, it's based on emotional stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if 2020 has taught me anything is that I can't really convince anyone of anything. Right. I can answer yeah. questions. I can give emotional stuff, but I'm not the guy that's going to do the emotional crap to like try to overcome another emotion. Right. So like COVID's going to kill your mom if you don't get a vaccine. Like I'm not going to do all of that <laughs> kind of crazy stuff. So, um, you know, the people that will listen to the more rational stuff are the ones that are going to listen to it anyway. Right. So when I made my announcement, my red alert type thing that was shared pretty widely in the community, um, what I realized was like, if, if you have to change your behavior, then you're probably already part of the problem. Right. And if you don't have to change your behavior, you you know, like you're already doing what you're supposed to do it. So it, it is important for people to hear, you know, 
that, Hey, like it's time to, to get even tighter, but you know, most of us have already made our beds. Right. And yeah. so I don't think that any rational argument about how the vaccine is going to be perfectly safe. And the only question that we have is the efficacy and like how the virus will transmit during all of that. Like that's the only stuff that's out there. Um, but you know, again, I think it's just important that everybody hears this, um, you're going to be wearing a mask for all of 2021, at least, and maybe even 2022, because the vaccine acceptance rate is going to be too low to squash this right away. Yeah. Okay. So enough of all of this doom and gloom. Let's get to the meat of the episode here. Uh, I'm calling this listener questions because over the past 24, 48 hours, I got a bunch of questions, some stuff that we've covered before, but I think it's important to have this available to people in different ways that they engage with my stuff. So I've got a lot of the stuff written down, some of the stuff in posts and some of the stuff on podcasts. So let's just put it all in one spot. So first and foremost, I've got which vitamin C is best? And I get this question all the time. I want to slam my head against the wall when I hear it. I've ranted about vitamin C quite a bit, but this like persistent question, along with a little teeny tiny insignificant, probably should ignore it, COVID vitamin C article caught my attention. So I wanted to kind of put the two concepts together. So the article was interesting because it was like, you know, some just silly modeling thing. And it was talking about vitamin C and like what dose works and all of that stuff. And the authors of the article actually hinted on something that I've been saying for a while is that it's mostly not vitamin C. It's probably the other stuff found in vitamin C rich foods that will have a tremendous impact, specifically bioflavonoids. And bioflavonoids are the colorful parts of the fruits. That's the stuff that attracts pollinators like bees and stuff like that, right? And those compounds have, uh, I guess, some sort of biological effect in humans, right? So they are active in some way. And the bioflavonoids that you may be familiar with are things like quercetin, which has like mast cell stabilization properties. So my buddy, Dr. Hurt, that we had on the podcast, he would use it to help reduce allergic responses. And then there's stuff like hesperidin and diosmin and even rutin. And those, so those are the four bioflavonoids that are like, predominant. They themselves work for anti-inflammatory possibilities and some immune stuff, supporting blood flow and such. So they, again, they're a part of vitamin C rich foods. They're things that really help vitamin C rich foods be healthy for us, I guess, or put it another way, vitamin C isn't like, uh, LeBron James, where it's like, he's just the only guy. And like, literally you could just probably run him against five people. Uh, it's really a team. You need the whole Lakers team, right. Uh, to, to, to do it. And, and the bioflavonoids kind of are the rest of that team. And so my, my answer to the question is which vitamin C is best. It really depends on what you're looking to do. If you're looking to take it for immune health, I don't think you should waste your time. I think there are better options specifically vitamin D. We've talked about mushrooms, even making sure that your zinc status is perfect by taking a zinc supplement. All of those things are going to have much more profound impact than vitamin C will, because we say that we're doing it for immune health, but really what we're trying to do is to not get colds, right? We don't want to get colds. We don't want to get flus. We don't want to get COVID. So 
vitamin C doesn't do that. We've got plenty of data and the only doses of vitamin C that help people are like these diarrhea inducing doses for people <laughs> that are like in extreme temperatures. So if uh, what I said in my article is Fargo marathon runners, right? So people that are outside in extreme cold, typically um, taking super duper doses of vitamin C seem to have less risks of cold and such. So uh, that's not enough, man. And, and we've made lots of recommendations about things that actually help out with cold, like zinc lozenges for a short period of time, or, you know, echinacea extracts uh, made specially. Those things actually help and vitamin C doesn't. And, you know, toilet paper is short, man, like everything's going crazy. So we can't take diarrhea inducing vitamin C doses. So <laughs> it's just a bad idea. So if you are persistent, uh, or I guess insistent that you want to take a vitamin C supplement, I believe that you're doing yourself a disservice by taking these ascorbic acid, 500, 1000, 2000 milligram doses. Um, my compromise, um, you know, my, my preference of course, is for you to eat your foods that are rich in vitamin C, citrus foods, broccoli, blueberries, all of that stuff is way more vitamin C than you ever need. And it's going to be way more healthy for you. But if you're going to do something and you want to see those 500 milligram numbers, but you want the benefit, I would say ultimate bio C or some sort of supplement that has a high dose of bioflavonoids that is actually significant. That is fine, right? So if you're going to take vitamin C, make sure you're taking one with a high dose of well-made bioflavonoids. And what I said in the article today was that most of the bioflavonoids that are in products are kind of ripoffs. Um, because they won't specifically call out any particular bioflavonoid. What they'll say is it's a bioflavonoid complex. Even our products do this. It's just that I have the transparency, so I know what's in them, right? So they'll say, we've got this bioflavonoid complex, and really what it is, it's like lemon peels. And it's not like you're eating a fresh lemon peel and you're getting all this great stuff. It's just gross waste products from supplement manufacturing, right? So you're getting high-dose ascorbic acid and you're getting burnt lemon peels <laughs> and it's supposed to be healthier. So, um, so long story short, vitamin C, preferably from foods, if you're going to do it, keep the doses low and try to incorporate those other compounds that are found in vitamin C products like bioflavonoids, but then make sure you're not getting ripped off because the industry likes to do that. So get a quality bioflavonoid at the high doses. And, and you know, one of the things I even suggest in my article is that we have a product called vein support, which it calls out specifically diosmin and uh, hesperidin. And that could be added to a conventional vitamin C because then you're getting like the doses of, of, of those bioflavonoids that are actually like clinically significant. So that was just kind of my, my one, two, three on vitamin C without swearing too much, because you guys know how I feel <laughs> about vitamin C. It's true. You're very anti. I'm very anti vitamin C worship. I'm just not, not on board. It's just blown out of proportion. You know, it's funny because, you know, we talk about this, the idea that, there is sacred cows that we just need to kind of put out to pasture, you know, mm. and we believe the propaganda and it shows that we need more empathy for people that their touch points are poisoned. Right. And they have uh, a weird view of reality. Um, we can see how people can get into that, how people can accept that stuff. Um, even though uh, we have evidence and data to show otherwise. So. The second listener question that I have is, what do you think of Prevagen? And if you don't know what Prevagen is, it is a magic jellyfish supplement that is sold practically everywhere. It's pretty expensive. 
And it has extremely aggressive marketing, talking about all the things it's going to do for your memory. And like it says improves memory. It calls out clinical trials, even though they're all BS. And so how do you measure improved memory? <laughs> well, I think with some people, uh, it's pretty obvious. As somebody with an excellent memory, I get frustrated with people who don't remember like three days ago very easily. <laughs> right. But how do you standardize that test? Like, how do you know what your memory was before and then what your memory was after? And there are tests, of course, for like components of memory that are used for like um, folks that are suffering from dementia and such, but that's more on the... Um, I guess, clinically relevant side or more dramatic side, I guess. Um, but the stuff that you and I are talking about, which is like, people are like, uh, I get a little forgetful and I want to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't lose my memory. I don't get dementia. And that's what people are taking. So the marketing is so aggressive that the FDA has hit these guys with a bunch of different slaps across the face with uh, warning letters about their claims. And that's enough for me to be like, okay, these guys should not be trusted, right? That's a really good qualifier because I automatically assumed that this medication was for people suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. But if it's just for like regular people who think that they're just not remembering as well as they used to, I mean, you're absolutely right. How could you possibly qualify that? Right. And one of the things that you should remember is that dementia is a type of progressive neurodegenerative disorder, meaning it gets worse over time. Right. Yeah. And so when folks are down that path, it's really, really hard to reverse it. It's almost impossible. Even some of the best medicines and therapies don't do that. Right. At best, they can hold you where you are. And, you know, so a lot of people are grabbing at straws. And one of the other components of this that I always like to address when we talk about this stuff is that this is the industry playing on fears. Right. Because who's the boogeyman right now besides COVID? It's heart disease, cancer, and dementia, right? Alzheimer's, we should say. Right? Yeah. So those are the, the things that we're most afraid of. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And so when your memory starts to slip a little bit, especially if you're older, you start to get really sensitive to that. You know, one of the things I always like to tell, you know, 70-year-old folks that are looking towards these supplements is my memory goes all the freaking time. Like you guys should hear these podcasts like the rough <laughs> audio of it, because I'm just constantly <laughs> struggling for words. Right. And I, I always am forgetting things and, you know, not it's, me. I am flawless <laughs> just, on air every time. <laughs> always on it. Yeah, she, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, it's something that we get more sensitive to as we age, of course, because we're afraid it's an emotional response. And that's why I think, you know, words matter. Yo, you know, when it comes to, <laughs> Uh, the marketing claims that these supplement companies make. Uh, it's not possible for it to do what it says at all, right? And so we should completely disregard it. And if we want to take steps to make sure that our brain health is as best as possible, well, that comes down to the wellness pyramid, right? And if you're looking for a supplement, we know that high dose omega-3 will help with brain health. It's a vital five nutrient. That's why it's there because of all the different things that it will do for your body, but particularly your brain health, especially when it's young and developing, right? But, you know, memory issues, typically I've, you know, in my experiences, it's, it's nutritional, you know, one of my greatest anecdotes recently has been uh, a longtime customers. They've been customers of mine for 15 years now. And 
they're in their 80s now, right? And they're getting forgetful. And actually, the husband has some early stage dementia. And of course, what's going on? It's sad, right? It's super mm-hmm. worrisome. It's confusing. They don't know what to do. So sat down with them and went through the, of course, they're eating like crap. You know, I, I find that people eat worse and worse as we get older, right? We, oh, I don't, I'm not hungry, right? And like, we're not eating like we should. So I just improved like the quality of their foods, what their meals look like and what their day looked like from a nutrition standpoint. And like days, three, four days later, she's like, I feel so much better. And her husband who was getting kind of grouchy, you know, like bitey, you know, because of the yeah. dementia, he was doing better too. You know, none of the negative behaviors were around. So one of the things that you should always remember is that if memory is a problem, look to food first, because you're probably not supplying enough nutrition for your brain that needs all of the nutrition in the world to just function. So of course it's, it's got to keep you breathing. So of course it's going to like not pay attention to who your third grade teacher was, who really cares. Right. So, so we want to make sure that we're supporting anybody that has dementia, that is having memory problems, that's older with proper nutrition and you can radically change how they feel, you know? Of course, so early intervention is very important with that. Uh, we don't want to just somebody that's 85 with advanced dementia. It's going to be difficult to get them to eat properly because they're going to fight you on it. So you yeah. want to make sure that you're doing this before the disease progresses because feeding sometimes can become more difficult, right? And so what works in like these extreme examples of my 80-year-old patients is going to work on Dana at 42, 41, right? 41 is what you are. Yes. So it's going to work on you for your memory problems. So that way you don't have to edit your uh, audio during the podcast, right? So I totally didn't cut anything out of this episode. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. But yeah, so like it's going to help us now. And there's no magic pill, no magic supplement that will do that. And anybody that says it is, is really irresponsible. They're playing on your fears and they should be disregarded for that alone. And go back to the capitalism thing, right? Mm-hmm. If it worked, it'd be a thousand dollars a pill to be locked in a safe because people would be rioting to try to get it from me in my pharmacy, right? So my memory goes all the time. And would I say I have early onset dementia or would I be, would I be worried about it? I would say, no, I'm not worried about it because it's my sleep. If I don't get good sleep, if, if my diet sucks for a couple of days, if I'm under a lot of stress, I know that it's not some sort of bigger problem and I'm less sensitive to it because of how young I am. Right. So just have to take a more holistic approach versus diving into the supplement first mentality and, and stay away from that magic jellyfish. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tell you, I had heard similar stories about children with any type of developmental disorder, especially with autism. When you take many processed foods out of their diet, they seem to just respond well. And kids who are more prone to tantrums tend to calm down and be more reasonable. Like, I think we really don't appreciate how important good nutrition is. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of it as just, you know, like if you're overweight, you have poor nutrition, but there's so much more. And when you said (laughs) that nutrition would help with, uh, you know, the early stages of dementia, I immediately thought of a friend of mine who's a psychologist who told me how well kids with autism respond to uh, more whole food diets. And it just all tracks with each other and makes so much sense. Yeah, without a doubt. In fact, I was going to bring that up and say that specifically because um, Ah, uh, you you beat me to it. Uh, We've of course, we'll echo that same thing. It, it's night and day. If you can improve the diet just a little bit, and it's difficult in both populations because of the resistance to 
the food, you know, either the texture mm-hmm. or just the idea of eating. So, um, so yeah, so definitely uber critical and it kind of falls back to the idea of the basics are basics because they work. Right. Um, last question. And I just want, I just want to state for the record that I'm not going to try to trick you today with a joke because I figured like five times in a row, just wouldn't do it. <laughs> so I'm just going to go straight with a joke before I, I leave this podcast. So we're, we're all on the same page. I'm not going to try today. So I don't want to play it off. Like I tried and I lost. So, <laughs> so like you're throwing me a birthday bone. <laughs> so like this last question just came into my email before I got started. So I figured it's a great one. I'm a breastfeeding mama who doesn't have the best diet. My hair is falling out and I want a superpower vitamin to get through the day. I want calcium, vitamin D, DHA, and multi and one. Is there such a thing? So this is great because last week we talked about how one a day doesn't cut it and one a day isn't possible. And with that mentality of all in one needs to go, right? So she's looking for a superpower pill that can replace those good choices, right? And so she's identified partially, right, that our choices have led us to where we are. And what's true about a breastfeeding mama? So stressed out, tired, probably not eating right, um, and has a little succubus on her that's like taking all of her nutrition, right? <laughs> so <laughs> eating healthy is is as important now as it was during her pregnancy. So getting out of this funk for her is as easy as choosing to make better choices. So it was a choice to get here, to do what's easy because I'm exhausted, and it's a choice to get out. And it's one meal at a time, one day at a time. So my recommendation for this person is increase your fluids, have those good meals, make sure you're eating real food, balance together throughout the day, small frequent meals. And then from a supplement standpoint, you know, of course, we're going to go right to the vital five. So I would think for her, omega-3 is important, not just for her, but then for the baby too, because that will pass in breast milk. So omega-3 for you, her and her baby, vitamin D for the benefits of COVID and beyond. We've been talking about that quite a bit. I would say a probiotic is really important. And then the last piece that I would say is like, she should probably be supplementing her protein because I guarantee she's not eating enough protein and in particular collagen because collagen's benefit to the gut and the gut health is really important here because she's run down. She's got lots of stuff going on. She could be more susceptible to gut infections and and just infections in general. So we want to support that gut as best as possible. We do that with a probiotic and with collagen. Um, Now, the I normally am like, yeah, don't you really use a multivitamin? It's not going to make you healthier. But in this case, I think it's justified, right? The poor nutrition plus, again, baby succubus, uh, both of those things are pulling everything away. So we really have to make sure that we're getting every single nutrient that's required at at least the levels that we would need. So a multivitamin is a great idea here. Um, Now, somebody might be saying, hey, well, you're forgetting calcium because that's part of your vital five. And I'm a diehard fan and I listen all the time, right? So I'm not going to add more than I have to right? I don't want people to do 40 things at once. And bone health long-term is important for this person, but it's not important today. So adding three more pills would just add some confusion. It's hard enough to get somebody to now take basically three omega, a vitamin D and a probiotic with two capsule multivitamin. You're talking about five things, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or more. So, um, and then a, a scoop of collagen. So And we have to remember that even the best forms of collagen, 
best forms of calcium, I should say, will be problematic for people in their guts. So if we start out with three pills a day of calcium, even if it's the MCHA and it's really absorbable, we could still get some constipation. So we want to make sure that we go slow with our recommendations um, instead of rushing right in. So, so that was my recommendation to her is, is that she was right, you know, vitamin D, DHA, multivitamin, all good, but wrapping it all up into a single pill isn't going to happen. And in fact, we should also talk about probiotics and some protein supplementation, but that's secondary to all of our lifestyle choices that will make us much healthier. And as you can tell, the model's the same, man, no matter who we are, whether it's about immune health, about our memory or about, you know, trying to be a, a successful mom and beyond it's the wellness pyramid, healthy lifestyle yeah. choices, vital five supplements, when they're justified and appropriate, and then conventional medical care all at once. So it can be applied. We're all different. We all have unique needs, but we all should follow the same kind of standard formula because we're all human. Totally. Totally. Sorry. So I'm going to leave you with a vitamin joke. That's probably not that great, but I'm going to leave it to you. So I don't want you guys to make fun of somebody who's low on B vitamins because I don't want you to give them a complex. <laughs> you like that? Very right. nice. So that's uh, that's my joke for the day. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I know it's going to be a rough one, but I do think that if we're here, we do have some stuff to be thankful for. There is some silver lining to this really dark time. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. Do your 5K before so you can then eat 5K worth of calories. That's, that's good a, advice. That's good advice. I agree. So until next time, be safe, be well. Be well.